The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview, three hours, three segments with a huge download you know what to do by now. Just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. You'll be able to listen to all of our material, hundreds of hours of very important information. And speaking of important information, if you're not listening to Sanitas Radio, you're missing out. If you want to improve your life in every way, give Sanitas a chance. I guarantee it. From the words of tonight's special guest, at the age of 15, after a bicycle accident triggered a massive brain change in me, in most probability to the pineal gland, I started to commence a communication with an intelligence that claimed to be beyond this universe, the summation of all people in the universe, and the first to venture into the universe. Tonight's special guest is Ananda Bosman. Ananda is a visionary public speaker, teacher, cosmologist and musician, as well as a prolific writer of thousands of pages in numerous books and over a hundred articles. Appearing in numerous television, movie and radio broadcasts, as well as assisting in several mainstream movies, after a near-death experience at the age of 15 that completely changed his life, he became a contactee for numinous ultra-terrestrial intelligences, the Emmanuels, and extra-temporal intelligence, ETI. Having over 120-plus witnesses to the UFO phenomenon, with him in various levels of proximity, including landings and direct encounters. His website, 432hertz.com. And directly from Norway, I would like to welcome Ananda Bosman. Hello, Ananda. Welcome to Veritas this time. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be on The Naked Truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ananda, we recently conducted a wonderful interview on Sanitas where we discussed A432 Hertz. So anyone who's interested in, in that very important topic, I highly suggest you listen to our interview there. I decided to invite Ananda on the Veritas side because I noticed there were so many areas we couldn't discuss there, and I didn't want you to feel that I was trying to rein you in, but I you know, I wanted to keep it just to A432 hertz, and here, I wanted to open the door fully so that you could actually go far and wide. Are we going to accomplish that today, you think? 
um, far and wide um, as best as we can stride. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the people who have not listened to that other interview, and hopefully they will, just tell us a little bit of your story. I I mentioned some of the things when you were at the age of 15. Why don't we start from there? Well, uh, the the bicycle accident was actually the near-death experience in 1985, September, which happened in the um, kind of Avalon area out of Glastonbury Zodiac of England, um, was one of a series of experiences. At the age of two, um, I had my, my first contact experience, which I remember vividly because the, the I was up in the Swiss Alps with my mom and she was a, a painter painting the landscape um, not far from the Matterhorn at the um, a glacier called the Pecle. And she, we were at about tree height level and she was drawing the landscapes. And I went off venturing into the into the forest and I was playing by a, by a pond uh, in the sand. And uh, suddenly I found myself um, being encompassed and going into this golden light. Um, what happened in the golden light is very difficult to remember. It was, it was a kind of all oneness experience. I do know when I came back, the place that I came from, I had always known. When I came back, I was drawing lemon skates in the, in the sand. I was two years and eight months. Um, and then I saw a young man, young Luke, who was looking for me. And he was passing the forest path uh, next, not far from me, numerous times. And eventually I decided to creep up on him and announce myself. And I was annoyed that he was offered a whole big bar of Swiss chocolate. I never had one in my life. And that's why I remember that so well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, And then in in, during childhood, I had numerous um, experiences, but a a lot of those were not uh, voluntarily conscious as what happened after the bicycle accident. It included UFO sightings and and another near-death experience when I was uh, 11, 12. But then in 1985, when I had my my near-death experience, and um, I was really into BMX cycling at that time, and I was training for the international championship that was going to happen not far from London. So I was training 60 miles a day and cycling up the hills as fast as I could go, no pain, no gain, going through the pain barrier, etc., and so um, this was in Dorset. I decided that I'm going to just go beyond the pain barrier further than ever before because when you're on the racetrack, you are floating anyway. You're in the endorphin float, and, and you've got to get faster. Your willpower has got to get stronger. So I dedicated my uh, ride up the hill to what I called God. I understood it as God at that time. Made a deal with God and um, actually used the song by Kate Bush, which was just released around that time. I made a deal with God. Um, from Hounds of Love, and went racing up the hill. As I went racing up the hill, you go through the pain barrier, you start floating in the endorphins, but I went further with my willpower as fast as I could go. Um, and near the top of the, of the hill, it was dusk, it was you know twilight, and I was looking up and remembering something, there was something there. I pushed myself further, and the chain came off the bike at the top brim of the hill, and I everything went in slow motion. I went head over heels, and I slammed the right side of my head. There was an enormous flash, white and blue, and everything went spinning and echoing and faster and faster, and I was going out of my body and into this big golden sphere surrounded by these golden beings that I was one with. Um, who I understood were the Emmanuels. I saw beams going into the future and into the past, like my experience in August of 1972, um, and other um, experiences I would have at the same time. So I was in a kind of past, present, and future state. 
I'd had a previous near-death experience where I'd just gone into an emptiness when I was 11 or 12. Um, and that emptiness, I realized I was observing the emptiness. And as I was realizing I was observing, that became a light. And I knew that I hadn't even begun what I needed to do on planet Earth. So somehow I had to imagine I had arms and imagine there was a body down there somewhere. And I pulled myself in. This time I'd gone beyond that vacuum um, and I was in, in the hypersphere. However, I was aware vaguely that there was a car coming. And I was at the top rim of the hill on one side and the car was coming the other way. And and I had a really uh, expensive BMX with, uh, you know, bear trap, hutch bear trap paddles, titanium cranks and these kind of things. And I knew it would be crushed by the car, um, let alone my body. I, so I managed to somehow get myself back into the body, pull myself to the side of the road and out I went. And I think I went out for a few hours because when I woke up, um, it was pitch black and there was a dog. I was in, in front of the of a fence of a house, dog barking at me and that, that kept the memories coming back from where I'd just been. A lot was happening. I got back on my bike. They told me I would uh, be ridden by them. So I was riding several kilometers to get home. I would wake up periodically on my bike and I was being steered properly. And uh, I was 15 years old, um, 15 years and nine months. And uh, so I, when I eventually got home, I said I must have fallen my bike. And then I went into a loop where I kept repeating that. And that went on for two hours. So they decided to take me to the hospital. In the hospital, um, I, I, the, the short-term memory dissipations uh, started to alleviate and uh, I started to um, have uh, a coherent memory. I had to stay overnight. I had a brain scan. Everything was normal, but I was discharged the next day, went home, and everything was but normal. Um, I was seeing all these um, colors, these other domains, and these memories of, of past, present, and future other places, including other planets and, and so forth, and these intelligences. And at that point, I simply knew that I could, I had to stop playing the social act of being a teenager, and I had to get on with what I had to get on with, um, which I did. And um, I came back with quite some impact, and knowing I had uh, so-called um, extraterrestrial or extratemporal intelligences um, um, and aspects of my, of my core self, which were undeniable. They were there at the beginning, um, but it needed that impact. So I came back. I told my mum, I'm not going to go to, to the next uh, uh, level of, of college and, uh, or upper school. And I said I came from another planet, and she, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I uh, proceeded to show her, um, this was in the next months, um, the UFOs I had started summoning. And, and so these lights would switch on in, in this classic dialogue mode after summoning them. They would uh, do zigzags, they would jump, they would pulse flash in response to one's consciousness, uh, stop, change trajectory. Um, and, and my mum had already been kind of in into uh, a form of spirituality. In fact, um, I was kind of uh, raised as a as a prayer baby, but I wasn't into that. She believed that um, all of this should should come from me. Um, so I started uh, from that point onwards to to make a, a lot of UFO contacts. I started bringing other people along to the sightings and this went into landings um about a year later a lot happened in, in a very short time but uh, um almost a year later was this um, in norway it, this was in england, england. um yes 
I mean, that time I also came in contact with um, Sir George Trevelyan, who was knighted for poetry, and Nigel Blair, who was um, at Oxford uh, with English, who has an oxen. And uh, we kind of founded the Schools and Universities Network, which was very good for my experience because whenever I would have my encounters, and some of those went fully physical um, and progressed dramatically in a short period of time, um, and I would talk to, to Nigel about this. Um, he would say, oh, yes, uh, I know so and so many people have had these experiences. And he would proceed to bring me documents or books or showing this is a normal thing. This is not something special. And I think that was very, very important because there's a big trap in, in when one does have these con- uh, consciousness experiences and, and interactions that this kind of um, makes one more elevated. And I don't believe that at all. So that that helped a lot, um, and we were, um, you know, bringing in basic holistic speakers into the upper schools of um, of England, including Oxford and Cambridge. But I proceeded with my um, contacts and um, brought more and more people into it. In um, about April 1996, uh, there were, I summoned some UFOs, and one had parked over me, and a, a beam had come from it and had inculcated me. Um, and a, a, a small disc-like object passed through and was fine-tuning. And as I was entrained in this field, there was a, a communication overlap and um, there was a, a consciousness transmission, uh, which then told me, go inside and uh, there's going to be a transliteration or download of information. We didn't call it download. but So then that would proceed and loads of living images, dynamic living thoughts that were holographic, uh, living with intelligence and indexed with every other image began to unfold, which was tape recorded. Another aspect that then occurred with that was um, what I now call or have called extraterrestrial, extratemporal virtual reality. Um, it would begin by summoning the UFOs. You would have visuals. Other people would have uh, uh, see these visuals physically. Um, and there would be pulses from them, irregular, or when we willed them, or there would be beams. And within these beams, um, there would be an experience where you would go into all the five senses would kind of fuse together into uh, a sense of what is now called synesthesia, where um, all five senses are one, a super sense, and you become aware of your of your whole body. Every cell starts to become cognizant. And then I, it, uh, fields would be taken around the body, and I would be drawn into beams, and um, I would start to travel. In August of 1986, um, we went back to Switzerland um, due to family relations there to the same glacier for Beckland near the Matterhorn. Um, and um, during that time, August again, it was from 1972, now 1986, um, the UFOs came. There was my mother, Mary Schricker, and her husband at the time, Jeffrey Peter Sedgwick. I called the UFOs, and they, and they came for hours on end. They pulsed us. Um, one beam went into my left eye, my mother's uh, right eye. I saw UFOs coming out of the mountain, and they would respond exactly when I called them. So I would focus on, on a mountain, and then I, uh, they would respond. Then they told me to go into the ETI VR mode, and when I did... I was taken into a into a projected state where I went uh, was taken under the ground into a base um, and this base later would become verified that's why I'm mentioning this and I, I use in all my experiences that I do speak with I try and use the documentation or, or a set 
second observer, so another witness, and because I've gone through so much in these years, and um, it's got to have a reference that way. So an underground uh, city, and in that underground city, I uh, was transliterated um, through, um, I suppose, the kind of gate. I've called it a Chandra uh, vehicle now. Where do you that, think that was? What base? Or underground? Where? What location? The location is the Ferpecla Glacier. It's in um, the the, can, the area of Evelyn. And later I was to find documentation of it um, in 2002. I'm going to come to okay. that. And that's why this is quite important. Because the, um, the other week I was asked... Um, when I was taken to the moon, Jupiter Ganymede under on the lunar base there, beginning um, in 1986, was it now? Um, and I said, well, I have to answer that with impeccable honesty and what which one has to have in this field. That I can't truly say if it was now. I don't know. It seemed like now. That was my experience of it. But who knows if it's in the far future, the far past. Uh, but it seemed like now. However... The base I was taken to under the Swiss Alps first um, became verified. So uh, in that under a subterranean base, I was transliterated uh, through a gate, uh, which includes wormhole-like portals, we would say today, um, to the uh, Ganymede uh, base. And in the Ganymede base, um, one goes into a kind of trans-linguistic, uh, trans-holographic uh, plane where, where your whole um, interior psyche um, personality, everything that one uh, senses um, is also exteriorized into the, into a dynamic satience, into a, a cybernetic room. And when another being comes in, likewise, their whole inner and outer psyche, the whole experience, their whole hyper-hologram becomes part of that room. And um, it's uh, extremely naked. It's, it's, um, you're naked to, to an absolute uh, core self. You also have the experience of looking through many, many other people's eyes. On that particular visit, I um, came in contact with myself, another version of myself, and this is what happens in these contact experiences. You pick up that one has a so-called extraterrestrial or extratemporal self, oneself, or identity. Today, I personally believe this is part of the graphic interface we have with this other intelligence, and we should treat it like that, the human experience in deducing the reality of our uh, civilization uh, being in the midst of interactivity with a super-civilization that has been in stealth requires that we go through the human process. So I think that a lot of the whole experience, which includes the, all of the physical levels, are a graphic interface. Uh, the module that was taken on from this uh, other aspect of myself was then uh, Kabbalah, was Kabbalistic code. This code became very useful. I began to understand the coding language systems as they are in the English language and several other languages. And later I would meet people who were experts in this from the arcane traditions. So in 2002, um, I met Madame André Fauchère. Um, no, 2003, excuse me. I was uh, giving a seminar in uh, near Sion, um, in, that's in the Valais region of, uh, of uh, Switzerland, a quite important area. Merovingians went there for gold mining. Um, and uh, I came to meet her because I talked about these underground uh, bases up there at Ferpecla in the Swiss Alps and these tunnel systems that there were shown, these archaic tunnel systems, also how the UFO technology, which I call the uni unified field, uh, object because that's what they say they are. They literally edit 
at a at a digital level the space time fabric and warp time and space around they can create tunnel systems instantly so i was introduced to this woman andre foucher we discovered actually we were cousins numerous times removed uh, through my grandmother swiss grandmothers thank you for listening to unlock the full two-hour interview including video formats downloads transcripts exclusive articles and more Subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.